Janet Pillay, good morning, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Vanessa. Just trying to keep warm and bracing myself for the weekend weather. Absolutely. Which I believe is going to be stormy. Where are you right now? I'm in Cape Town. I've oh. been told there's a storm brewing. Am I missing something, Vanessa? I don't know. I know that um, <laughs> I know that KwaZulu Natal is on high alert once again. That's why I'm asking. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, Absolutely. The, yeah. I, but you know, it's Cape Town. Anything can happen from this time, from you know, this time of the year, any time onwards. You know, and going into winter. <laughs> and talking about all things stormy, have you seen that we're expecting 104? confirmed cruise ships ships to our harbors bringing in millions of rand to the cruise ship industry that's phenomenal How exciting is that it's absolutely phenomenal 104 did i hear you correctly 104 that's that wonderful just just phenomenal for the western cape very very good so as you can see we're definitely on the up and up travel wise lots of exciting things happening we've been talking about airlines flying in and now this great news about the the shipping industry really coming back with a bang and uh, in keeping with all things travel this morning we are traveling from KZN and we're heading to Gauteng and our first stop is to the wonderful St. Lucia estuary, you know, really one of those very, very special places situated within the East Mangalisa Wetland Park World Heritage Site. Can you believe this park is made up of 332,000 hectares of biodiverse area and has a 230-kilometer coastline? And joining us from the Lake St. Lucia estuary this morning is Mark Krauss, who is the general manager at the St. Lucia Safari. Good morning, Mark. Morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing this morning? Uh, Good, good. Thank you. Um, Fantastic. So, Mark, we're looking forward to listening to you tell us about the interesting hippo and crocodile boat cruises in the park, as well as the other offerings that you have. I believe there's fishing, there's birding, there's night drives and horse safaris. So over to you, Mark. We're very eager to hear. Hello, Mark. Janet, Vanessa, we see you. Oh, there he's back. He's back. Ah, here we are with Mark again. Hello, Mark. <laughs> Welcome back. Sorry, did I lose you? <laughs> um, yes. We operate on a boat called Fana Spirit of St. Lucia. Um, it's a 40-seater boat that we do tours on Lake St. Lucia Estuary, which is situated within the Simangalisa Wetland Park, where we do two-hour trips where we take our clients out to basically go and have a look at hippos, crocodiles, and then we get a lot of additional bird life, animal life, and um, every trip is, is different, yeah. And then at the same time, also, we have other tour companies we operate with that we do game drives, deep-sea fishing. Um, we got fat bike fishing with Jeff, um, which is also very popular. Um, and it's something that when you come to St. Lucia, it's just something that everybody, um, they do. It's, it's almost one of those must-do little tick lists that everybody has to go and do. That's fantastic, Mark. And, you know, every cruise must have an interesting story, but there might be a funny story or a proposal that's happened on one of your boats that you'd like to share with us today. Or someone who fell over, maybe. 
<laughs> well, fortunately, no one's gone overboard. <laughs> um, but we've had we've had scenarios where we've had a snake that managed to get onto the onto the boat at the on the one trip. Um, we've had occasions where you get these little reed frogs that are shocking little different colours. That the um, one actually ended up um, on a fifteen-year-old um, boy that was on the boat actually jumped onto his head. Uh, that was quite interesting. <laughs> Um, and then we've had we've had good sightings as well, which was something that normally you won't normally see. Was where we had a crocodile laying on the bank, where a, a group of hippos actually approached the crocodile and actually started nudging it with the, with, with with their feet. Um, and the crocodile, not knowing what to do, just basically almost played dead. Um, so that was. A, Quite a quite an interesting sight to see something unusual. Um, that's an interesting turn of events. It's usually the crocodile that's the aggressor, right? We would we would have thought so, but I think with the amount of people <laughs> surrounding him, I think he was quite scared. He didn't want to really try anything. Interesting story that I have to share with you, Mark. You know, um, I was on the Chobe on a on a on a safari boat. And uh, we had a sighting of a hippo that had fallen, that was dead in the water. And there were at least 50 crocodiles just devouring this hippo. And every few minutes, you'd see the hippo almost rise out of the water because someone was getting, one of the crocodiles was basically getting in to get a slice of the action. And, you know, we made the most amazing video of this. It was really quite exceptional to view and just uh you know a testimony to the cycle of of life uh, and especially in the wildlife out there and, you know just in the open seas and it was open season on uh, on this hippo seriously yeah that is that is quite interesting normally they would live together in harmony they don't really challenge each other but I think in a case where a hippo actually dies, the crocodile will most definitely take advantage of the situation. Absolutely. So just now that every, we've got everybody's interest, everyone's interest is piqued, we just want to also add that uh, Mark is offering us a hippo and croc boat cruise for four people. I think everybody's going to be rushing to enter that one, which is available on the Jet Setting with Janet Facebook page. I think it's a great experience. It's definitely a once in a lifetime. And the St. Lucia estuary was really quite an engaging experience for me, Mark. So thank you for joining us this morning and sharing a little bit about the, um, the St. Lucia safari experience. And I'm sure our listeners are going to be very excited about entering the competition and seeing what it's all about. I can uh, really thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, it's hope they enjoy it. We never get surprised. Yeah, I hope they enjoy it. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on Jet Setting with Janet. No, pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot. This weekly travel program, Jet Setting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. I think my, um, if I had to choose between uh, whether I'm a Katy Perry or a Taylor Swift. I'm definitely a Katy Perry girl. I think so too. Although every now and again, then I do lean towards, yeah, it, it depends on what they say and what they do or the, or the mood I'm in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it was a quick flight, like a 45-minute flight actually from um, 
Durban to Johannesburg for me. And I landed and was well received by Moliana Ngambi of the Fat Mall's Executive Lodge. And uh, it was quite an interesting experience being there. And you know, I'm a great fan of women-owned businesses, being a woman uh, entrepreneur myself. So it was great chatting to Moliana and being shown around the Executive Lodge. And Moliana availed herself this morning to chat to us about her her great Executive Lodge. And I'm loving, um, I'm looking forward to hearing why it's called Fat Malls. Yes, um, fat moles, uh, the meaning of fat moles is a combination of my siblings and I. So we are seven in our family and uh, every initial stands for every one of my family members. Yes. That's a very special reason to call it fat moles. Great yes. stuff, Mariana. <laughs> yes. So for hmm. the traveler from the Western Cape or anywhere in the country, please tell us why. Fat Malls is a place to be at. So Fat Malls um, Executive Lodge is right, I can say, in the middle of everywhere, first of all. So nearby us, we have so many different areas and accessible places to go to. Like we have the 7th Street, which is uh, very famous in Johannesburg, like the Long Street in Cape Town. So mm -hmm. you have that and you have the business hubs nearby us. You have the Ruderport, Roanbeck, and Cresta, all of those places. So you have universities, you have uh, malls. So around this area, Fat Malls would be uh, the best place to come to, 100%. And obviously, the amenities that you have and the experience that you're going to have at Fat Malls will be outstanding, in my opinion. So um, just to give a brief about um, what we offer and the type of rooms that we have, we have different kinds of rooms um, that go for different prices depending on your 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 request and your availability yeah and molly i see that you have given us a, a very nice one night stay in a classic suite with yes. breakfast so one of our lucky listeners will be able to definitely come and experience fat molds yes. and you know i always ask people what is the funny story from your establishment or what is the story that sticks out and resonates and our listeners would be interested to hear about is it a funny story is it um, the story of something that went horribly wrong that you made right please tell us so uh, we do have a lot of stories because we do host a lot of groups and it's just so interesting to know that um, sometimes you have one client, I think we had one client who came for one night and they ended up uh, occupying five other rooms um, and they stayed for a very long time, which was about four weeks a month, pretty much. So we had occupied four different um for different uh, people staying here when it was just supposed to be for one night. So that for us was complete outstanding to know that people loved That's the place. That's a success story for yeah, sure. <laughs> invited other people to come through, yes. That's wonderful. Well, mm. Moliana, we are looking forward to having people traffic to your establishment. Always phenomenal to speak to a woman entrepreneur. And uh, great energy, great surge in energy that we're beginning to see in the tourism sector. And I hope yeah. you're starting to experience that as well. 
lots of airlines, and it sounds like you're very well positioned for corporate and leisure travelers. So all the best with Fat Malls, Maliana. We wish you all the best, and thank you for this great prize that you've sponsored for us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. And we look forward to uh, welcoming our guests, more guests to the guest house. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Maliana. Thank you. We're busy with our Jet Setting with Janet travel program. This weekly travel program is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. You know, Vanessa, we hear all of these stories of people who've come to South Africa, you know, on foot, in the bus, over the fence and sought refuge. And Frank, Leah, our next interviewee, was actually born in the Congo, but raised in many countries across the African continent. And uh, he started traveling at the age of seven. So travel, he's definitely a jet setter. Wow. And, you know, the circumstances under which he came to South Africa was was interesting because his dad was a political journalist. So the story um, that he's going to tell us about rewriting the tourism story is quite interesting for me because when you live with a political journalist who had to flee, flee your country, uh, for fear of execution, it just changes your reality. It's a complete paradigm shift. And um, Frank was fortunate through this experience to live in Zambia, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, and Angola. And uh, this whole experience has brought him to a point where he has a company called Honest. Can you believe that? Honest Travel. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, Fra- Frank. Oh, what an introduction! <laughs> no, because... uh, you're going to have to live up to your introduction now. You know. <laughs> no, I thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. So, um, Johannesburg, you say, was a dangerous place. Your mum warned you about Johannesburg, but you obviously totally owning this space with your with your honest travel experience. Tell us what rewriting travel tourism stories is all about, please. Um, yeah, um, I think how I basically just like ended up in this, I think the first part is obviously just um, being, I always look at it as um, an opportunity to just be able to like um, see the different countries. Cause I think my, my dad did it so well that to make us believe that we we're on this massive holiday. <laughs> Even though there was like real stuff happening around us, it was a storyteller too. I see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, it was like a huge. I think me and most of my siblings was just like a very, very big holiday. Like just going from different countries to different country, um, in different like refugee camps. Janet, I think uh, hopefully Frank will come back. Um, We seem to have a little bit of a challenge there. Tell us a little bit more about while I think he's going to try and get back. There he is. Ah, Frank is back. Frank, we lost you there a little bit. Um, You told us that your dad made the travel as a, made it into a story and you thought you were on a travel adventure. 
but meanwhile yeah. you were too cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So for for us, I mean, as kids, it was just like uh, traveling from one place to another because um, for him, he needed to get um, a place that um, had proper rules and regulations in terms of like because he was charged with treason. So treason was basically a crime against your country, and uh, not mm-hmm. many countries can offer you um, refuge when you're charged with that uh, due to uh, political uh, relationships between the two countries. So I think that's mm-hmm. the reason for like the different traveling to the different places because of like different demo, uh, diplo- uh, diplomatic alliances to the different countries. So that was basically just us searching a country that will take us in <laughs> in, the, in those uh, like um, pretty much like 12 years. So that's pretty much how it all started. Um, and then eventually when we had um, arrived in South Africa and the first place we'd moved to was obviously um, um, Yeovil. And from there, that's the way. Love Yeovil. Um, yeah, that's Such where everything. That's where everything Yobel basically is a happened. Mood on its own. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much where it happened. I think um, Yeovil kind of like just brought everything together because it's one. It was one of the only places that had all those different countries that I had stayed in. So it felt mm-hmm. like I had like uh, a mixture of all the different countries that we we had been to in one specific um, um location, and it was very very like migrant oriented. So there was like a lot of uh, immigrant that stayed in within that same space which um kind of like uh, made everything kind of like start you know and um yeah that's pretty much how i ended up in this industry i don't even think i'm <laughs> i don't even kind of like still regard myself as being in the tourism industry per se uh but yeah that's pretty much where everything started it all started um in yovo um and um the honest travel experience the reason why i tackled when we said honest travel experience is because this all just started from uh us being unhappy um, with how tourism was done um, in our area, in our space, you know. So that's pretty much where everything started. We felt like everybody else was being dishonest <laughs> and we yes. had to put it up onto ourselves to be honest. So, so, so like everybody else, you started a revolution because you were unhappy. Not a bad yeah, way to start. <laughs> yeah, so it, um, it, was never, it was never a business. In fact, when we started off, we used to um, compete with the guys that were doing the stuff in there and we would do it for free. Because yes. we didn't even know what to charge for it. Um, I mean, when I was, like, we didn't have a price for it. So it was more of like, we don't like how these guys do this. Um, we think we can tell a better story and it's our story anyways. And we have to own it and tell it ourselves. So um, in fact, our first product, we the experience that would host in within Yovo. And in fact, we were already doing it before because I used to like... Um, steal my friends from school and come show them Yovel because um uh, you know because most of them would have never been they would have never experienced anything like that never seen it before so Frank what I'm interested to hear is what are some of these travel experiences that one can expect so I mean we have um I think the idea behind it what we've done as well is um more than the products so um another thing is that we were we, we position a lot of the products based on the community because at the end of the day, the community is the product that gets consumed, right? So mm-hmm. um, a lot of these um, 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 experiences that are, um, we've curated are based on the project that are going on within every single community. So most of them are very community orientated and um, they're not um, charities as well because we also don't believe in the whole idea of charity. So they're all like social enterprises. So they, they're full profit business. And we basically just use... Um, tourism as a tool to be able to keep this um um this project um funded and sustainable for like a longer sort of like period so i mean the yovo uh, one which was like a very very fast product you know we've got a couple of products as well in other areas in within um, um the city so there's a few product that people can pick from but it's not more of the product but the people that live in those places what they're actually doing you know so that's how we've been able to like 
just position everything that we we do um, internally. That sounds really interesting, Frank. I think, uh, you know, the tourism industry, definitely new stories need to be told. And we're starting to see community tourism rearing um, itself very, very strongly. People creating new product, you know, offering off the beaten track experiences. And really, this is what our show is also about, is finding those hidden gems that we can bring to the forefront. So it's been really interesting chatting to you, Frank. Um, I take my hat off to a fellow jet setter like yourself. And uh, it's great to hear about all these initiatives. But you're part of a bigger uh, a bigger collective, which is the Iron Joburg Initiative, correct? Yes. And what does that mean? What does that mean for, for you as a small supplier? Yeah. So I think um, just to explain to those maybe it might have not come across I am Jobic. Um So basically, I am Jobic is um, was or still is um, an initiative that was put in place just after when um, Airbnb had went crazy and opened Airbnb experiences, which basically meant is that everybody became a, a an experienced host overnight. <laughs> Um, and eventually yes. it's super hard for people to be able to filter out great experience within a destination, which makes it super hard when you have people traveling to a destination, but they're not having a great experience. And in this specific industry, we, it's review-based. So I'm Dobek basically created a platform for experiences that um, um, represent um, the destination that have been um, 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 sort of like... Um, authenticated by them you know um mm-hmm. so that's basically what Android is and in a approved. Approved, yeah and approved by them you know because everybody was um a host overnight so that's basically that's i'm jobek um in a nutshell and um for smaller uh, businesses or product offers like our, ourselves that could not afford um um money to go to all these travel shows to go out there and meet people and do all that stuff they provide you with the platform like this <laughs> that i'm on now interview so they create guys, great yeah. visibility as well yeah yeah. Well, very interesting initiative by I am Joburg. Thank you for joining us on Jet Setting with Janet Frank Leia. And so we wish you a great me. weekend ahead. Thank you. Well, Vanessa, it's been an mm. interesting show this week. Hey? Yeah, I just want to say. Yeah. And uh, when Frank. Yes, and when Frank mentioned Yeovil, it brought back memories of my of my student days. I used to live in Ponty City. Can you believe it? In that huge circular oh my building. Goodness. Yeah, so Vanessa, it brought back memories. We're learning things about you today. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> a, a wonderful pizza place as well in Yeovil uh, that I you know, I can't remember Mama's Pizzas or something like that. It was absolutely brilliant, and uh, yeah, so good memories there. But uh, yeah, you've been traveling nice and listening to Isi Mangaliso. Uh, the experiences there really, really great. Oh, yeah, it's a very special spot. But I'm two weeks away from my travel to Italy, mm. and I'm so looking forward. I was at the visa office. Everything went very smoothly, and I got my WhatsApp to say uh, we're busy processing, so I should be getting that uh, visa and my passport back very, very soon. That is so exciting. It is super so. Fantastic. Janet, Vanessa, I'm yeah. wishing you a wonderful weekend ahead, a warm um, weekend ahead, whatever the weather brings, and uh, lots of good family time. And uh, I will be committing very, um, very, very um, sincerely committing to a jet-setting weekend this weekend. Fantastic. You enjoy your weekend as well. And uh, yeah, and we'll chat again next Friday.
Absolutely looking forward to it. Absolutely. This weekly travel program, Jet Setting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcorp.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.